Hey, do you ever struggle with forgiveness? Whether it's forgiving somebody else or receiving forgiveness yourself? This past week, I met with a guy who was going through a hard time, made a decision that he really regretted and just really felt like he could never be forgiven. It was just too atrocious, too bad of a thing that he had committed and just really it was like felt really condemned and ashamed and guilty and didn't think people that he had hurt would ever forgive him and that God could ever forgive him. So we talked about grace. We talked about, I shared the gospel with him, the three circles. And, you know, when I shared the gospel with him, he says, that just doesn't make sense. It's like a get out of jail free card. And, you know, how does that going to lead to a better world if, if people just, right, you're forgiven and you don't have to worry about it anymore. You can just continue doing all the bad things. That's sometimes how people view God's grace and forgiveness. But that's not what forgiveness or God's grace is all about at all. I love the parable of this merciful king and the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus tells this parable to help us understand what it's like to live in the kingdom of God and how what for, what part forgiveness has in his kingdom, what role it plays there. Jesus says this, Matthew 18, verse 23, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one one servant was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, meaning this guy owed him like 300 lifetimes worth of, you know, what he would make or even more than that. It's like billions and billions of dollars. Just the, Jesus' point is this guy owed a debt that, well, it doesn't even make sense how you could even get into this time kind of debt. It's like the national debt, trillions of dollars, somehow this guy got into it all by himself. Did he... Was he in charge of the king's treasury and he bet it all on the Washington commanders? Winning the Super Bowl? Maybe. I don't know. Somehow this guy got in a whole, 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 whole lot of debt. Okay. So and then it says, and since he could not pay, obviously he's not going to be able to repay this debt. No one can. His master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. So that payment could be made. He's like, King's like, okay, I know we won't be able to make much back on this, but at least get something. So let's, we're going to sell you and your children, okay, and your wife to be slaves. So we got to get something back. So have fun being a slave. Says this. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. I will pay back everything. Just give me some time. I'll make it back. It's like, no, you're not. Like that's just a ridiculous thing to say. You're gonna you're gonna pay it back. How? You're gonna rob every bank in the world and then put it on the Washington Commanders to win the Super Bowl and somehow they're gonna win it? Okay, like that's like the only opera that's the only way you're gonna pay it back. It's not gonna happen, okay? Verse twenty seven. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave his forgave him of his debt. What? Yeah, that's Jesus' story. Okay, so this guy owed a whole bunch of money they could never repay. Solution was to sell him and his family into slavery. Guy begs for mercy. And then Jesus says the king actually has second thoughts. He's like, actually, you know what? I mean, maybe compared to the debt that you owe, like what you'll be able to make, what your children will be able to make, what your wife will be able to make in a lifetime in slavery, it's not going to make a dent. It's not even going to be able to pay interest. It's like, it's not even worth it. So, you know what? Actually... Why don't you just go? Why don't you just go? We're just going to call it even, okay? Just call it even. Like, how do you imagine the servant 
would feel, right? If I was the serving, if you were the serving, you'd probably be like, is this a trick? Like, am I going to be walking out of here and like, you're just going to take me out? Like, I'd be walking out with my head over my shoulder. Like, you're, you're saying that I just am going to be debt free. I don't owe you anything. I don't have to become a slave. My children don't have to be slave. Just uh, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, my man. That's incredible. That's incredible. But it says this, verse 28. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. This guy's just been forgiven billions of dollars. Then he finds someone who owes him hundred denarii, a day's wage is a denarii, so maybe a few thousand dollars. Finds this guy. He seizes him and he begins to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow, fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will... I will repay you. I'll pay you back. He gives him the same speech that he had just given his king. But he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay back the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had been taken and that all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And, and should you have not had mercy on your fellow servant? As I had mercy on you, yeah, you should have. And in anger, and in his anger, the master delivered him to the jails until he should repay his debt. Jesus says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you, do this to you if, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. See, Jesus tells this parable in response to G Peter's question saying, Jesus, how often should we forgive somebody? Like how many times? In Jesus's day, it was kind of pretty gracious if you would forgive somebody three times. You know, they hurt you once, okay, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, you know, but you'll forgive somebody three times. No one ever forgave somebody four times in Jesus' day. That was unheard of. But Peter knows Jesus is a gracious guy. He's oftentimes very forgiving, forgiving so he's like, well, I'm going to play Jesus again, maybe impress Jesus here. What if, what if I forgive somebody seven times? Is that good enough, Jesus? Jesus says, Peter, no, don't just forgive somebody seven times. Forgive them 77 times or 70 times seven. The Greek and number is kind of hard to translate here. But the point is, Peter, just don't keep track. Just keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep forgiving. Don't hold debts against people because you know what happens? When you don't forgive people, you become the prisoner. You become the one that is caged with bitterness and resentment. And you both end up getting hurt. Doesn't lead to, to freedom like you think it does. It leads to you being in prison. And so Jesus says, hey, you need to forgive, you need to forgive, you need to forgive. But back to my guy that I was talking to earlier this week, struggling with receiving forgiveness for himself. Is it just a get out of jail free card? you know, how does this, how is this going to lead to a more just, how is this going to lead to a better world if we're just always forgiving people? Well, what I got to, you know, explain to this guy is, no, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness isn't a license to sin, but it's motivation. It's motivation to live a, a better life. Let me just put it this way. Let's say you are married and you've got kids and yeah, we have a great marriage so far, but then eventually life happens and you lose your job. And then somebody gets sick and there's just stress upon stress upon stress. And 
well, maybe, you know, you're, you're, you and your spouse kind of drift away f- from one another for a little while, and there's somebody at your work that catches your attention, and they're giving you, man, a lot of, a lot of good encouraging words. They're giving you a lot of validation, seem to be paying attention to you more than the attention that you're getting at home. And then you just make a mistake, right? You make a mistake and you end up having an affair. You end up running off with this other person. You end up leaving your family in the pursuit of this relationship if within the moment kind of gives you what you're looking for. But as oftentimes happens, those relationships don't last. People that are willing to wreck marriages aren't going to, you know, stay with you long, to- long term. So you end up hitting rock bottom again, right? Your, your, your marriage is a wreck. The second relationship is, is messed up, is a wreck, has left you. And man, you're all by yourself and you're just like, man, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? But you kind of come to your senses and you say, well, maybe if I go back to my spouse, you know, my, my one that I have kids with, my family, maybe they can forgive me. Maybe I, I can go back and I can say I've wronged you. Would you take me back? Would you give me a second chance? And let's just say you go back and you ask your spouse for forgiveness. You own up to it. You say, I was wrong. I don't, I don't deserve this, but I just want to ask you if you will forgive you. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And somehow, somehow your spouse has the courage, has the strength to be able to say, right, you've hurt, you've hurt me. I don't, I don't, doesn't feel right, but I, I forgive you. I forgive you. Perhaps they understand the debt that they had owed God, that they had been forgiven. And they say, okay, out of the gratitude of me being forgiven, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to give you a second chance. And you work on reconcile this relationship and they, you move back into the house. You get to be a, a father or a mother again, a wife. You know, you get, you get to have your life back. Now, is that a license for you to have another affair? Is that, is that motivation for you to wreck your marriage again? No. It's fuel to be able to forgive your spouse now when, you know, maybe, maybe they're five minutes late. You're not going to be like, oh, you're five minutes late. Like, how, can, how dare you? No, it's not a license to sin. It's a fuel to forgive because you realize, man, I don't deserve the forgiveness I w- was offered. So I, I, I just want to extend the grace that I've received. I want to extend it to other people. Yes, that is the power of forgiveness. Not only does it set us free, but it gives us the ability to forgive others. See, that's what our world needs more of. It needs more of God's grace. It needs more of people who realize they have been forgiven. They're, they're, they're in debt to God's grace. And so we just get to share it with as many people as we can. And so I don't know if you're wrestling with forgiving somebody today, somebody that has hurt you. I don't know if you're wrestling to say you're sorry to somebody, just to admit your guilt, to release somebody from, man, their hurt, what they've inflicted upon you. But I pray that we would have the courage to be people who don't take advantage of God's grace, but soak in it. Don't be like the servant in this parable who just received God's grace, but then immediately didn't even, maybe maybe didn't even give it time to think about like how much he'd been forgiven, just immediately went to get even with somebody who had wronged him. 
No, he didn't, he didn't bask in God's grace. So let's bask in God's grace. Let's think about it. Let's meditate on it today. And just say, hey, man, if God can be gracious to me, if he can forgive me, man, what fuel does that give me to forgive the people who hurt me? Let's do that today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your forgiveness that's offered to us in Jesus. God, I thank you for your mercy because your mercy, when I understand your mercy, God, it leads to holiness. It gives me a desire. It gives me a motivation to be pure. It gives me a motivation to forgive, to live in your grace. God, help us to, to soak that in today and share with other people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.